Good morning. I want to uh, thank you for joining the Alan Smith Sunday School Podcast today. Uh, we're located at Liberty Baptist Church in Chelsea, Alabama, and we are currently studying in the book of Proverbs. I hope all of you have had a blessed week, and Kathy and I look forward to seeing all of you soon again, but there's been a recent high curve of COVID-19 in the Chelsea, Starrett, Westover area. So please shelter in place. Please uh, remain diligent to wash your hands and cover your face. And remember that we're not just protecting ourselves, we're protecting others. Uh, we might be a carrier, and who knows. If you have any prayer needs or needs, uh, other needs, please give us a call. And we'll make sure it's taken care of. Uh, if it's groceries, we'll, do, we'll bring them to you. We'll not necessarily meet with you, but we'll deliver them to you. And we'll leave them out there so that you can go get them after a little bit. We need to remember to pray for each other during our times. And this is, uh, if I understood it correctly, this is Tim Cox, our senior pastor at Liberty Baptist Church. It's his 22nd anniversary at Liberty Baptist Church. We need to pray for our loved ones. Uh, we need to pray for all of our government officials, our police, our fire medics. We need to pray especially for the Shirley family. We lost our uh, fire chief, Wayne Shirley, this week, along with his father, uh, Don, uh, Don Shirley, and we need to pray for that family completely. Um, just wrap your prayers around them and everything going on in their life. There's, they've lost their, they lost their mom this year too in March. So please pray for them. Please join me in praying for the lost in our country and in our regions and in our neighborhoods. And what a what a better time for a revival than right now. We need to pray for revival. We need to pray for God to change our hearts. That's the seems to be the problem in today's world is our hearts and we need to pray that God will lead us in the right direction he wants us to go so let's open with prayer this morning and just remember we're going to be in Proverbs so I'm going to give you a few seconds to get get your Bibles and we're going to be in Proverbs chapter uh, 29 our lesson starts in chapter 24 goes all the way to 20 uh, goes all the way to uh, 29, 27, we're only going to take eight verses today, but it's going to be de dealing with the, with discipline, so be ready for that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll start our service this morning. Dear Lord, how we thank you for this day, and what a beautiful day you've given us, Lord. What a beautiful sunshine we see this morning, and Lord, you say this is the day you've made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, and we do, Lord. We rejoice in the fact that you've given us another day on this earth. Lord, we rejoice in the fact that you're our God and that there's none above you. There's none equal to you. You're God and you are God alone. There's nothing like you. Lord, I thank you that you've given us this opportunity, Lord, to, to share a podcast and to share your word and Lord, just to teach your word. And Lord, I hope the message goes out uh, today, Lord, and people will hear it. Lord, that they'll listen to what's being said and Lord, they'll pay attention to what's going on around them and Lord, the discipline that it takes to do that kind of stuff. Lord, I know that you love us more than we could ever love ourselves because you sent your son to die for us. And Lord, I thank you for that. So today, use today to glorify your kingdom. Help us today, Lord, to glorify you with your word. And Lord, as we try to teach it to others, Lord, help us to glorify you with that. I thank you for this day. And it's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. So this week's lesson is titled Accepting Discipline. What does that really mean? When we hear the word discipline, we often think of a child not minding. But what about the parent? Does 
a child not mine because the parent's not paying attention to them? Or maybe, just maybe, the child doesn't understand because the parent let them get away with it at times in the, in the past. There are other forms of discipline also. Let's take, for an example, an athlete. If they don't train their bodies, their muscles, their mind, and their energy, they'll not get any better. Therefore, they'll not win the prize. The same can be said about the businessman or the Christian. Wait, what? We must be focused and we must welcome discipline for the purpose of becoming holy. Be, uh, being disciplined doesn't imply being punished. Now, that's better. Growing spiritually can be punishing at times, but God doesn't intend for it to be a form of punishment. God wants us to be submissive and to seek him in all things willingly. I said willingly. Solomon is telling us God wants us as parents to teach our children values that will last their entire lifetime. These values are both moral and spiritual and will require us as parents to lead a life as an example, but also with loving discipline to make the best choices. No one said it was going to be easy, but just remember the rod or the belt should be used to discipline an unruly child because we don't like to be friends with unruly adults. And Lord knows. We have a plethora, plethora of them walking around today in America. So today let's read Proverbs 29, 1 through 3, and we'll take each verse apart. So we're in Proverbs chapter 29, verse uh, 1. He says, He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked man rules, the people groan. Whoever loves wisdom makes his father rejoice, but a companion of harlots wastes his wealth. So verse number one talks about the difficulty with discipline comes when we decide we know what's best without seeking God's wisdom. We become stiff-necked or stubborn, and we refuse to hear or listen to godly wisdom. Stiff-necked because we know, we know what's right. Those individuals who have rejected his wisdom demonstrate their rebellion against him by constantly ignoring his correction. They continue to harden their minds, their hearts against God, and God promises their future will be devastating. Without remedy can be translated as beyond healing. This doesn't have to mean sudden destruction but could mean the consequences cannot be reversed, even if the person repents and seeks forgiveness. But if a fool continues to despise all of God's rebukes, his destination and demise will be sudden, eternal, and without remedy. Verse number two talks about God's people or the righteous. They place their trust in him. A person who genuinely loves the Lord shows it in the way he or she treats others and the people will rejoice. When a wicked person rules, the outcome is not the same. People find themselves groaning over their predicament, as in America today. 
power and authority in the hands of a person who has rejected the Lord will produce misery for people that live under that person. Verse number three talks about becoming more disciplined involves giving more attention to seeking his wisdom and following his path. Proverbs 2, 6 says, with, well, it, this is Alan Smith-isms. Wisdom is the right application of true knowledge that comes from God. Proverbs 2, 6. Anyone who rejects the Lord's discipline can expect a heartbreaking fate. It talks about harlots, and harlots can be translated lust. And that's in today's terms. Thus, self-indulgence will put them on the path of satisfying their own lust. And lust takes a, a wide range of forms, but its outcome always takes the shape of destruction. You see, lust can destroy a heritage built by the parents and built by you. Because you spend money and you spend time and you spend your talents on things you don't need. You're trying to find happiness. And we know happiness only comes from the Lord. So we're going to move now to verses 29, uh, chapter 29, verses 12 through 14. Just three, three more verses. It says, if a ruler pays attention to lies, all his servants become wicked. The poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. Verse 14 says, The king who judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established forever. Here Solomon is trying to teach us, the ruler has the power to influence the lives of everyone under their reign. This means a righteous ruler will have integrity. And the corrupt ruler will have corrupt advisors. Hello, America. The corrupt ruler has an administration of lies and deceit. My father once told me, the people you associate with are the people that you will be counseled by. Godly people bring godly wisdom. Selfish people and corrupt people bring foolish counsel. On the surface, the poor and the oppressor appear to have nothing in common. But in another way, they're alike. They have the same potential to repent and turn to the Lord and trust him and his wisdom because they listen. You see, they may be listening to the wrong people, but they are listening. His light, God's light, can drive out spiritual darkness. And the Lord will give them insight so their eyes can be opened to his direction and his correction. Every human is created in the image of God and should be treated with dignity and respect. This truth is often ignored. All people are created in the image of God and are equal before God. It is God who gives to everyone and we all belong to God and thus will give an account to God. Romans 14, 11 and 12 says, For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. And then verse 14, the leader should, should be the protector of his people, not the oppressor of his people. When leaders give themselves to the Lord, they can count on him to make them wise and then lead with integrity. Verses 15 through 17 of chapter 29 says this. The rod and the rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. 
When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases, but the righteous will see their fall. Correct your son, and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give, he will give delight to your soul. He's talking about the rod and the rebuke. The rod and rebuke give wisdom. This rod's not about abuse. There is a difference between discipline and abuse. Parents who have the best interest of their child won't hesitate to discipline when necessary. They want their child to grow up in wisdom, and discipline helps their child become a wise adult. But abusive parents, they don't have a good reason to inflict pain. Thus, they leave their child with physical and emotional scars that can last a lifetime. Some parents allow the child to grow up without any discipline. That will eventually bring disgrace to their mother. Parents should discipline their children as an expression of love. Proverbs 3.12 Wicked people can be any, can come in any form. They can come as bullies in school. They can come as community leaders. They can come as business leaders and even government leaders. The moral decay grows brighter every day. Wicked kingdoms will collapse. It may happen now or later, but we know the Lord will have the last word over rebellion. You see, discipline involves instruction and requires parents. Did you hear me? It requires parents to spend quality time with their children. It also requires them to invest their resources in what's best for the children and to live before them as good examples. I'm going to repeat that. It requires us, all of us as parents, to live as a good example to our children. So wisdom implies knowing what is acceptable behavior, what acceptable behavior is, and acting accordingly. So let's read 18 through 20, and we'll end our lesson for today. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. A servant will not be corrected by mere words, for though he understands, he will not respond. Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Without godly wisdom, our children will run wild. Without the revelation of God's guidance and commands, our social and spiritual order would soon collapse. Spiritual insight from the Lord and instruction in his word nourish a happy heart for believers. See, we are inspired by what God's doing in our lives and we look forward to serving him. That's our highest priority. Masters use words to command their servants and the words only make a difference if the servant's listening. Hello. This kind of brings it back to the home. How many times have we ever said something to our child and them look at us and see us, look eye to eye with us, and then not pay any attention to us. Hearing the words doesn't guarantee the servant would change. Thus, when a master saw that his servant was ignoring or disobeying his words, there had to be there had to be a change. There had to be a coincidence. There had to be something that changed. I remember when my father would look at me a long time ago, my father would give me an instruction. He would tell me to go do something. You could, you could mind him and everything would be good or you could 
not mind him and there would be a there would be a consequence to that so this proverb about the servant brings up a problem of stubbornness in our world today you see followers of christ can hear what he's saying to us but we may not be willing to conform our lives in keeping with his direction being disciplined involves a humble and willing heart such a change of heart enables us to listen to him carefully and obey him we can't listen to god when we're unable to be quiet we talk too much sometimes a person who speaks too soon is someone who's too hasty when it comes to talking when we speak before we listen we're in too big of a hurry i was once told by a very wise man we have two ears and one mouth we should listen twice as much as we speak. And we're foolish if we don't learn the discipline of being quiet and listening to God. Verse, verse 20 of chapter 19, I mean, verse 20 of chapter 29 says this. This proverb warns us we're worse than fools because foolish people listen, but they listen to the wrong voices. Yet they have the potential to listen to God and turning to him a person who can't be quiet doesn't have that possibility hope is squandered by an unwillingness to be quiet unwillingness to be quiet long enough to listen to god so in our prayer time in time that we're making decisions we're to take time out to listen to god does god always answer right away no but do you does it have to have to happen right then there's a lot of decisions in our life that could be postponed and wait upon the Lord. Thus, little or no hope exists for people who refuse to receive instruction and continually interrupt while the teacher is talking. Which of these proverbs about hearing from God do you need to take to heart? We understand one thing. Discipline in Christ makes you wise about your choices in life. This week, Accepting discipline is more, it's not more about the rod and the belt. It's more about discipline in our lives to be in God's word. It's more about teaching our children by the lives we meet. I know, I think it was last week I told you that uh, someone made a statement that children listen to you with their eyes more than they do with their ears. So parents, they're watching us. Christians. They're watching us. If we set a good example, people will listen to what's, what's going on in our lives. It's hard to do something when you lead a life that people say, I'm just like them and I'm not a Christian. So remember, discipline your lives. Be ready to run the race. And in all things, stand firm in the word of God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We love you in the Lord.